Hey, good morning. It's Jack Kelly. And I'm excited and proud to share our Ignore, ignore Girl. Ignore Girl. Ignore Christine. Ignore Girl. So this is uh, something new that we just started. And uh, what we like to do is have a podcast. Probably, you know, I, there may be some others like this. I'm not sure. But the first one to really focus on people and their careers, how to interview, how to find a new job, how to navigate your current job if you want a promotion and you want to advance. Um, this is specifically designed for people who are very career oriented, who are motivated, who want to move forward with their life, you know, who may be happy where they are but want a better job, want to earn more money, you know, get to that next level in the career. And, uh, but also somebody who maybe, you know, just wants to see how do I navigate internally? You know, how do I get a raise? How do I get a promotion? Uh, our target is to really help out people who are, you know, you know, career minded and want to succeed, people who are in human resources, people who are recruiters, job seekers, managers, hiring managers, you know, really across the board and provide some unique value. Uh, our backgrounds are primarily in recruiting. So we've been recruiters for, you know, you know tw personally, you know, 20 plus years, placed 5,000 mid to senior level executives with a, a huge array of Wall Street companies, investment banks, brokerage firms, trading firms, private equity, hedge funds. Uh, and so we bring a lot to the table in terms of just how this whole process works. And we want to share it with you and to, to really empower you to move forward with your career. And with me today, uh, we have Christine, who is our chief operating officer here at you know, our family of companies, you know, the recruiting side. She's also the editor for Compliance X our newsletter that goes out to uh, 100, uh, about what, 100,000 people, a little yeah. humble brag there, <laughs> and, uh, and Compliance Search, our recruiting arm. And Nicole is our uh, director of marketing, and she's responsible for actually coming up with the idea for the podcast and putting it all together. So if it's really terrible, it's not me. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah, just, just throw it all on your thing, Jack. <laughs> so I'm just here, you know, following orders. You know, she's putting it together. So yeah, so yep, don't, don't, <laughs> don't point the finger at me, you know? Because uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not good at talking. So, so yeah. Uh, so anyway, so the first, so the, the first one, what I want to talk about today is this. I figure I want to go in order in that. And just to give a kind of a shameless uh, plug here, you know, uh, we're putting a book together to uh, help people with their career. So this podcast is going to kind of dovetail with the book in terms of starting out right from the beginning. You know, it, before you embark upon a job search, you know, to make sure you're looking for the right reasons and you're leaving for the right reasons. Oftentimes what I'll encounter is that somebody will maybe get a slight from a manager you know, maybe a missed promotion, you know, maybe there's an annoying coworker. There's, you know, a whole array of different things that will push someone out the door. Now, some are really valid, some aren't. But, and you, this might be crazy coming from a recruiter, but I, I would really coach people that to make sure when you're leaving, you really know you have to leave. You know, you know that there's no future, you're not going to move forward, you're not going to make more money, you're not going to get a promotion, you know, the boss is a jerk, you know, and, and you have to be clear because when you do embark upon that search, trust me, despite what you read in the papers and you hear in the news about this is the hottest job market ever, you know, full employment, everything is great, low unemployment, it's hot, 
So you have that, but I gotta tell you, for most people, the job search is not easy at all. And for some types of people, it's really brutal. So before you start on it, you wanna make damn sure you know, you have things, you know, lined up. So just to throw it out, let, let's tackle first, you know, what I think, you know, from my own experience and literally without exaggeration for the last 20 years, easily speak to 10, 15, 20 people a day, every day, all, make it sound bad, like every day, all day for so long. So you really get insight to, you know, why people leave, you know, when they do, you know, did they re go for the right reasons and was it successful? So let me throw it out to you guys, just, just, you know, you know, working together. Do you have a sense of like, what are some of the, you know, what you hear in the office, like some of the good reasons to leave and what are some of the uh, bad stuff? What do you guys think? One reason people leave is because they feel micromanaged. Wait, is that a hit? Is that, is that like, is that a subtle like? <laughs> Dig at you? Yeah, yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do they call, what is that? Wait, because also, the cool thing in this office, we have everyone from baby boomers to Gen Xs to millennials, Gen Z. So like sometimes the lingo, I'm not sure. Like when you say that, is that what you call a sub? I just subtweeted you, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it's Real just... life subtweet. There you go. So if you have a micromanager, that's that's pretty bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And if there's too much politics in the office, too much going on, you know, some people get really uncomfortable with that. So that's one thing they want to kind of steer clear of. Mm -hmm. So for sure, that would be another reason that would push somebody to leave. Also, a fight with a boss. Yeah, definitely any uncomfortable situations. If there's any tension yeah. in the office between coworkers, there's you know, no collaborations going on between team members. That's a huge, you know, point for people to just kind of break and say, I need to change from this. And you think, you think it uh, makes sense to just, uh, you know, say, hey, I'm out of here, or try to reconcile it first? What do you, what do you guys think? I think a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, you know, you can only try so much before you decide it's not the right move for you right now, and you need to, like, get out of the space that you're in. But I think to try a little bit to either yeah. work things out with your boss or coworkers or just make things better for the company all around is definitely a good idea. But yeah. I mean, I think so too, because what happens, what I see, and this happens really often, you know, let's say your boss is micromanaging. In fact, I literally just spoke with somebody yesterday who you know, started this new job and has been there less than a year. And you're supposed to report to you know, a senior level executive and so all of a sudden, this other person who is there before him has kind of a cozy relationship with that senior exec. Mm -hmm. And now she's going to him for everything. And the guy who I placed has to kind of report to this other person that was never brought up. And he like was telling me the guy's a micromanager and he has no you know experience managing. And so he's at a crossroads. Like I'm here under a year. You know, I really like the company, I like the people, but it's kind of odd that you signed me up for one thing and now I have this other guy who is micromanaging me. And like when I looked up the other guy, he doesn't have as much experience as my candidate who I placed. My candidate has way more. So it's weird. And then he's saying things like, okay, every email he sends out, I hope that guy's not listening to this because then that's kind of weird, but right. <laughs> probably not. I don't think anyone's going to listen to us at first until we get some traction, so we can say anything we want. So what happened, like he was telling me, that if he sends out an email, the guy has to look at his email before he sends it out. If he does some, and this is like in the compliance space because that's my you know forte. So if, let's say, they're doing a surveillance run, he's going to overcheck everything he did. This is a guy who's been doing it for like 15 years or more. So he, uh, so he spoke to... You know, both the guy who's his quote-unquote manager, because he's not really officially his manager, and to the executive, 
and they both kind of danced around it. Mm-hmm. So, so Nicole, this is kind of what you're saying. Sometimes you bring it up, and it's weird that in the corporate world, it's never like really clean. So, like he brings it up and speaks to that executive, and they both kind of danced around it. So he's left like, you know, what do I do? So I think what I noticed to to to, to just echo what Christine and Nicole were saying. Yeah, I think if let's say you've been in a job for a certain amount of time and you're not getting promotions, but other people are. If you're not getting resume, uh, uh, you're not getting raises and other people are. You're not getting bonuses that other people are getting. Where you're looking around and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, why is everybody getting something I'm not? That's a big warning sign. If the boss is really, yes, a micromanager, but also if the guy, you know, the guy's just a big jerk, you know, if he's an ass. You know, there's some bosses who are just, you know, terrible. They're mean, they're rude, they're loud, they're obnoxious, they belittle you, they yell in front of, I mean, I've heard from candidates all the time, like they'll have managers just berate them in front of everybody, which is so demeaning and humiliating, um, who undermine them, who they'll have someone work the whole weekend, do a project, and then the guy will take, you know, the credit for it. Right. So when you see these really poor managers, but really ugly, you know what I mean, really doing bad stuff, well you know, this just person's evil. Now, let's be honest, anybody who's worked for five minutes in the corporate world, you know there are people out there who are just shitty people. You know, they're, they, they power goes to their head, they're corrupted with their power, they're ruthless, they only care about themselves, they only want to advance their own careers, they couldn't care less about your career, they have no interest in, in how you are, do you have a meaningful job or not, they just want the power, they want the money, they want the advancement, they couldn't care less. When you had those, that, to me, that's, that's kind of a valid reason. You know what I mean? When you yeah. realize that like the way it's structured, you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to get any more money. You could always knock your head against a wall. And that's when you have to say, you know what, I, I have to leave because I'm not going to get anywhere. And a mistake I notice with people is that they, they delude themselves. They think, hey, you know what, it's going to be different. You know, Christine is going to start treating me better because, you know, she asked if I wanted a cup of coffee this morning. You know, Nicole is going to give me a raise because, you know, she said, hey, good job, you know, and you take little morsels like a treat, you know, like a dog takes a little treat and they're just all happy. And then you pretend that everything is better. But sometimes what you have to do is realize, look at all the signs and say, wait a minute, they're just kind of humoring me. But in the end result, you know, one little pat on the back doesn't make up for stealing my ideas in front of a meeting of the board of directors. And you know, humiliating me and yelling at me in front of the whole team. That's when I have to leave. You know, that's when. Now, I would suggest, as Nicole brought up before, before you do that, you know, maybe you do try to engage in some dialogue. You know, you try to sit down and say, because, you know what, maybe there's a valid reason. You know, maybe you really suck at your job and you're bad at it. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's really not, you know, the manager's fault. Maybe you're just pretty shitty. You know, I've definitely had people work here who are terrible. Who thought they were awesome, but they were just just horrible. But at that point, it's more of like self-reflection. You have to kind of take a step back and look yes. at yourself, your career, and you know whether or not what you're doing is the right decision for you. Maybe you want to switch. If you're in compliance, you want to move over to fintech. That's something that you have to look at yourself and say, did I really make the right career choice? That's really smart. You know what? That's so true. And I tell you, I've I've been that way. You know, myself. I've tried different things that I you know was terrible at. You know, I just didn't have the right skills, the right temperament, the right ability. And then I have to say to myself, you know what? It's not the company. And you see this with resumes too, which is really interesting. You know, this is for hiring managers, HR people too. Like you'll see somebody be jumpy 
and then they may be kind of ruled against getting, you know, getting an interview or hired because, well, look at their jumpiness. But sometimes if you delve down into it, the jumpiness isn't because they're just willy-nilly, that's kind of a silly word, right? They just, <laughs> just kind of jump, they jump around to like different jobs. They really are like in one space and they're like, okay, it's not working here at Citigroup. Let me go to J.P. Morgan because maybe it's different than J.P. Morgan. Then you go to J.P. Morgan, you go, huh, not really good. Let me go to Morgan Stanley. But they're all the same job and you realize, you know what? It's, it's just these jobs. Yeah. It's not right. And I got to, like Nicole was saying, have like a little self-reflection and say, you know what? This is, I'm just, in, I'm going up, the wrong, you know, I'm just barking up the wrong tree. And it's hard, you know, to actually come to that realization when you've been doing something so long. I mean, these people devoted most of their life to go to school for this kind of stuff and get a degree in it. And, you know, they really thought this is the career path I want. So to actually build up the self-confidence to really look and see what's in front of you and say, wow, this isn't the right decision for me, that, you know, takes time. It's not something that you're going to really throw yourself into a new position overnight, you know what I mean? This, like, takes time to really look at and think over and decide whether or not you really did make the right decision. You know, you're so right with that. Like, I'll give an example to, to, to you know, to your point. I'll see this, give, um, give you one group of people with attorneys. Think about it. If you're a, a, a good, successful attorney, you work so hard all throughout, you know, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, law school, and then you have to take the bar, and then maybe, let's say here in New York, you join one of these really top firms, and you're making a lot of money out of the door, you know, out of the gate from when you graduate. You know, maybe you're making, you know, 200 and change or more, you know, your first year is still a relatively young person. And, and then I can't tell you how many people over the years I'll speak to who then they're an attorney, they'll be at one firm, right? And then they stay in there a year or so, and then try another law firm, and then maybe a third, and they're miserable. They just hate it, they just hate that life, you know? They grew up watching TV and seeing attorneys, you know, come into the, the you know, the courtroom and get their innocent, you know, the person who they're, they're representing who's really innocent, but it's gonna be on, you know, tried for murder, and they get them off, and everything is great, and ah, cheering, and wow, this is glamorous. And they realize the life of an attorney is not like that at all. They're like, what did I do? And the reason I see a lot, like bring up the attorneys, because then they'll move into an area that I do is compliance and say, hey, how can I segue? But they have a hard time initially doing that because their ego, and I can't blame them, you know what I mean? They put so much time and effort yeah. and money and they have a certain social status, you know, a, a, you know attended with it, right. being in that space. But then to kind of say, okay, I'm gonna completely stop that and everyone I went to law school with, everybody, my peers, other lawyers, they're gonna all look at me like, huh, what are you doing? And does that make me feel like a loser? But you have to be really strong. You know, you think about it. You have to be really internally strong to say, you know what, the hell with that. I have to do what's right for me. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna do this because of, you know, this peer pressure. I'm not gonna do this because of society. I'm not gonna do this because I'm, I'm gonna feel I'm gonna let my parents down. You know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna let that my spouse is gonna think I'm an idiot doing that. You gotta, you know, really say, hey, I am probably going in the wrong direction. I'm working in the in the wrong area. And even though I put a lot of time and effort into it, you know what? It's it's I gotta just cut my losses and say, you know what? Cut the losses and find something else. And that's incredibly hard to do. So it's interesting. So if you think about it, like what starts out and it's it's right before we did this podcast, we were just kind of brainstorming and you know, it seems like 
kind of cut and dried at first. Like, okay, here's what you know you need to think of before you 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 know look for another job. But when you start peeling back the layers of the onion, you think about it. There's so much to it. It's not so easy, you know. It's a, and that's why I really counsel people. And again, man, this sounds like, you know, against you would think a recruiter wouldn't do this, but I would really encourage people before you think of looking to really look inside of yourself first and think, what, what is happening? Yeah, yes, many times, bosses, management, you know, the, your coworkers, you know, they're just toxic, and you got to walk away. We've all been in those situations. We know what happens. But other times, it's like maybe you know, it's just you're you're you're. This is not for you, and that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. You know, you're better off finding out early on, you know, what you're good at, and 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 we're going to go into more detail of these themes later on. But a big theme I, I I've seen in people over the years who succeed is that if they find what they're good at, and they like doing it, and they enjoy doing it, they're passionate about doing it they tend to succeed more because for them, it's not really work in the conventional sense. Yeah, it's work in, in, a, in the sense that you're going somewhere and you're putting in long days, but you kind of like it and yeah, you enjoy it. Yeah, they enjoy it, it right. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to a new hire who feels it was kind of a bait and switch? Like how long oh, should they give it? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess I would do that. When you say bait and switch, meaning like what? Like what? Like, just day one, they realize their boss is a jerk, their coworkers are garbage, and your tasks aren't what was listed in the job description. There's just bureaucracy. bureaucracy. Ugh, it's like singing all girl. <laughs> 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 um, just, yeah. just everything's terrible. You were promised you can work remotely some days, and they're like, actually, we want you in the office five days a week. Right. How long should so just before I answer, it? this is hypothetical, right? This is not. I was baited and switched by Jackie. <laughs> this is not here, right? This I'm is, seeking right. counsel yeah, right, right, from right. the only person I know. Right, right, right. This is just right now. This is like a bad, not here, somewhere else. So, you know what? This happens all the time. And, and I, you know, sometimes it might be purposeful. Sometimes I think it's just with these big corporations, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. I've absolutely heard people, and this is so frustrating for people, they'll, 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 and I'm not exaggerating, They'll, some of these big banks, uh, they'll bring them in for a certain job, right? Everything's there, and you're gonna be, you know, based in Manhattan, right? Day one, oh no, you have to go to, you know, somewhere in New Jersey or somewhere in Brooklyn. And they're saying, wait a minute, I live all the way out far in Long Island, and for those people not in New York area, I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, but just, just bear with me that, like, it's a faraway place, you can't commute, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take forever to get, they're not being spoiled, it's just if you're all the way in Suffolk County, Long Island, and you gotta go to, you know, Brooklyn, or you gotta go to New Jersey, it's like three hour, two hour, with traffic, you know, it's gonna take oh, two hours. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible, so you just can't, you know, it's, it's really impossible. And yeah, so literally, like the first day they show up, yep. they're told a different job, or, they start and it's really pretty clear that their job had certain expectations at a certain level and you realize, oh my God, this level is so beneath me. And this happens more than you guys would think. This happens very often. You know, they present the job like, oh, you're gonna be at this level. You're gonna be doing this important, meaningful work. And uh, I've, been, I've been dealing with someone like this with ladies. He goes, hey, I, they signed me up to do this. I'm supposed to be leading you know, the change and putting in all these new initiatives and dealing with senior management. And they have me just doing very basic, core, boring you know, grunt work. So the first thing I would say is you, know, you have to diplomatically speak to your hiring manager about it. And 
that's not easy. No, that's what I was going to say. Easy. You know, it's hard to actually come to the realization like, wow, I really got screwed over here. I'm not mm-hmm. doing what I was told I would be and just have the courage to actually yeah. speak up because you have to think about it, too. You're a new employee, right? So you don't want to make a bad impression <laughs> on yourself and go up to the HR and be like, hey, you know, this is not what you guys hired me for. Or at least said you were going to hire me for. So a lot of people I feel like would hold off on that yeah. and kind of say, oh, let me take some time. Let me give it a month or so to kind of see what's going on. But I think, honestly, like after a week or so, if it's really not what you were told it's going to be, that's the time to speak up. Why would you wait? You know, I mean, obviously, like I haven't been in that situation, but I'm just thinking from a logical standpoint, why would you hold off on that? Like, it's better to say something early and get out of the situation instead of staying there for a long time and being miserable. Absolutely right. And see, this is what I'm excited. I'm glad Nicole, you know, brought up doing a podcast where you could be more in depth about these things because oftentimes when you read people who write about these subject matters they gloss over it <clears throat> you know they could say oh speak to HR and that, that's done you know what I mean like okay it's problem solved but the reality is not so easy yeah not so easy so you're the new person no matter what age you are and how much experience you have is awkward because mm-hmm. then you're starting to doubt right maybe I misunderstood you know or maybe you know they're just starting me out gradually and I'm gonna build up I don't want to be that guy you know what I mean who's complaining day one as Nicole said so it's it, it's scary and that's another thing people don't talk about when it comes to careers and interviewing it's freaking scary as hell to do a lot of these things you know I don't care how I gotta tell you my own experience I don't care what level you're at your, your stomach is turning you're getting the butterflies in the stomach you're feeling a little nauseous it's a it's very scary when you're doing these things about your career because you're worried, you don't want to look bad, you don't want to lose your job, you don't want to get fired, you don't want to do something stupid, you don't want to get a bad reputation. So everything you do, you have to kind of be very thoughtful about it. So I would, I would say this, Christine, you know, the first thing I would do is, is just give it a little time. Then I personally, probably what I would do is I would kind of seek out some of my coworkers and just feel them out to see, all right, what's the deal? Then you have to sit down with your manager and say hey here's here's what i thought we were supposed to do and we're not like what do we do now right. and even then that's tough because they come back to you oh no uh, it's this then you, you got a tough decision to make you know do you, then it's another tough decision do, do you you know you push back but then you got to decide is you just have to kind of pull the trigger and leave or do you go up to the next level so yeah, these things get really complex, and I think we'd have to look at each one in its in its, in its you know own you know way because each one is going to be unique. But I think definitely I would speak to you know the people around you to get a consensus of what's happening. Speak to your manager, speak to the HR person, and then you have to make a value decision. You know, do do I just suck it up and do this for a year so it's on my resume and then leave? Do you just just cut your losses and leave? And it's. And this is why I say it's like everyone has to be individual because it depends on your financial situation too. You might not be able to leave. You know, you might be in a certain financial strait that if you leave, you're not going to collect unemployment because you're quitting, and then you don't have the money to support you, so you might have to suck it up. Yeah. But but one of the things what, what I want to do with this podcast too is that you know people listen to it. If you have some of these issues, and Nicole will put on the podcast the information, you can always call us here. And myself or, or one of the other recruiters or other folks here would be glad to help you out. I'm not going to say we have all the answers, but sometimes it's really good to just talk it through and we'd be happy to do that. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but that kind of is a good segue into, you know, the actual job search process. You know, it's not easy to start having your own job search and looking for a new position. So in that sense, what do you think is like the best thing to do to kind of mentally and physically prepare yourself for starting a new job search? That's a good question because it's, you know, right now, you can't escape reading about, this is the hottest job market ever, you know, low unemployment, you know, every, you know, this is so great, the economy is great, the stock market is great, you gotta get a good job. And what, I, what I'm finding out in reality from the people I speak with, yes, in certain segments it's hot and it's robust and there are a lot of jobs and there's a lot of action, but not for everybody. It's not, you know, w w when you hear in the news, it makes it sound like this is universal. But what I see, no, it's, you know, certain groups may benefit. If you're, let's say, an engineer, you know, technology professional in Silicon Valley, yeah, your phone is ringing off the hook, recruiters are constantly calling you, you're getting solicited from LinkedIn all the time, you know, to interview and get a new job. If you're in my area of compliance, which for years was blazing hot, now with deregulation and nearshoring and offshoring and, other, and technology, not so hot. You know, there are jobs, but nowhere near what you would think when you read about it. So, number one, I would say familiarize yourself with the market you're in to see the degree of hotness or coldness. You know, you want to find out, hey, if I'm going there, because you, you want to match expectations. You want to go and see, okay, am I going into something that's really hot or really cold or what? What should I expect? Because in my area, it, it was a gradual getting colder with deregulation. This is not politics. It's just what it is. You know, with the new administration, they're very much for deregulation. So you saw the banks and other companies didn't put a premium on it where they used to. But when people were first looking, they didn't realize this shift. So they were still looking as if it was way hot. And they were very disappointed and very frustrated because for years, literally, for 10, 15, 20 years, it was like straight up. If you were charting, it was just nonstop straight up. So they were thinking, oh, straight up. And every time people would leave, they would get a 20% bump up. It was incredible. So let's say you know you have a job, you're making 100. A year later, you leave, you're getting 120. Then another year or so, you leave, you get, a, I don't know, whatever 20% of that is. You get, <laughs> my math isn't bad, is it good? So maybe like 140, 150, and so on. So they were used to that. So when they confronted a market that shifted, their heads were spinning. Like, what the hell is going on here? What, like, why am I not getting any nibbles? Is something wrong? Did someone blackball me? What's happening? So you, you want to find out the degree of hotness or coldness of your market. And the way you could do that is you could contact some recruiters in your space who are you know, known in that area, who understand it, and just feel them out. Because they're financially motivated. I don't mean this to sound cold or cynical. You know, a recruiter is financially compensated when they place people. So their incentive is to place you, so they have no reason to BS you. you know, so if you contact them, hey, am I marketable? Do I have the skills that are in demand now, yes or no? If it's yes, they're going to want to help you because they know if Christine sends the resume and she's an area that's hot, hey, I'm going to work on it because I'm going to be able to place her and make money. If the area she's in is cold, eh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be straight up because I have nothing to gain from it. I'm probably not going to be able to place her, so why tell her it's, you know, anything different than cold? You could ask your friends and colleagues, and that you got to be careful about, because you know you don't want to blow up your spot, but you want to be able to kind of, you know, hey Christine, you know, you know, like what's going on? Have you been looking, Nicole? Anything out there? What do you think? You know, can you feel around from your peers and network how that market is? Uh, then once you start 
getting ready. I, I, here's, here's what I would suggest, and I think this might be you know, you know, unpopular opinion, but you have to be prepared for a marathon. And what I mean by a marathon is this. It's very rare if you're a mid to senior level executive. You're just going to go for an interview and get the job. It's going to take three to six months. You're going to have to meet with, no exaggeration, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people over the course of time. And then over that course of time, there's going to be gaps, and there's going to be silence, and there's going to be no feedback, and you're not going to hear anything. So it's really stressful. So I would suggest, number one, you just got to get your, your, your mindset that, hey, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. I'm going to have to be prepared. This is going to take six months, and, and it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. You know, you go in, you do great. Then maybe you have an interview, another interview, and maybe not so great, and then you feel miserable. Then you're nervous, like, oh, my, is my boss going to find out I'm interviewing? He or she looked at me funny. Uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Maybe I'm... Uh... So you're, you're dealing with this really wave and back and forth of different emotions and, and both, you know, you're excited one day that you could get this great job and make all this more money and, oh, it's not going to work and I'm stuck where I am and I hate where I am. So prepare mentally. This is what's going to happen. You know, go into it knowing this. So as you're going through it, you're like, oh, all right, I remember hearing Jack in the podcast that this is not going to be easy. I'm going to have to meet a whole lot of people. I'm going to deal with you know, communications that are going to go silent for a while. I'm not going to get feedback at times. I'm going to have some interviews that are good, some that are terrible, some in between, and this is part of the game. So get your mindset. Then I would suggest this. You want to prepare almost like you're an athlete, you know, where you have to get sleep, eat right, exercise, be, and I'm not saying it's to be like, you know, this buff, whatever. It's more of, you, it's an endurance test. You know, it's an endurance test. So if you've got to do your full-time job and then have a part-time job, which is looking for a job, you know, going on the job boards, you know, filling in applications, sending resumes, going on, in, you know, and I'm giving, like, going to one interview, three, six, nine, you know, people. But if you're going to two or three or four or five of them and doing the same thing, that takes a lot out of you. So you really want to be, you know, on, on your best. Because what happened is this. Because if you're not, you're going to come into one interview, you know, the last interview out of five interviews, and you're tired, you're cranky, you're, you're exhausted, you know, you're kind of snippy, and it's just, it's just going to, you know, Nicole just showed us the phone. What is that? Is that like we're running out of? Oh, no. <laughs> just uh, keep time. But yeah. I think you're making, like, a good point with that just like to mentally and physically prepare yourself for sure and just to realize that you know for some of these people they've been at the same position for a really long time I mean you know we've seen candidates that have been at their job for you know 15 20 plus years so once they're gone and they have to start looking again they have to realize that technology has changed too you know a lot of technology is taking over some of these positions like we were talking about the other day a lot of traders their jobs are being taken over by computers and just the application process in general when you're filling out applications online they're long and they're tedious it's not you know the same thing where you could just submit a resume and be done these are things you have to go through the entire application fill out anything from like your name phone number email address like different specialties everything like that so it takes time so you really have to be like mentally prepared for the whole new shift of like the application process in general that's absolutely right i mean what happened it used to be when i first started recruiting you know the average age let's say of an internal hr person was you know anywhere from 35 to 55 let's say and that person was an expert in their space 
you know, whether they were, you know, the internal HR, you know, recruiter. You know, maybe they specialized in accountants or lawyers or whatever, and they knew it really well. So that if a candidate dealt, and they would deal directly, you know, candidate will, will, will you know, I don't want to make myself sound really old, but the fax a resume into the, you know, to the firm, and the, you know, the person would get the resume, contact, you know, the candidate, set up a meeting, and they could have a really intelligent conversation because they would know what the candidate was doing. Fast forward to now, technology has been deployed throughout HR with the best of intentions to make it easier, but it's, I think personally, it's just created horrific results. So you have this technology, as Nicole was saying, so if you haven't been in the market for a while, be prepared. You're gonna have to fill out this application. You know, maybe you go on ZipRecruiter or Indeed or LinkedIn or any job board, and you have to fill out these lengthy, glitchy applications that ask for all this personal information. And, and it's not unified. So if you go to one site, it's not like you can just save it for everything else. Or if you're on one site and then you, you, you do multiple jobs, you have to do it all over again. So it's time consuming, it's draining, it's annoying. And then to add insult to injury, when you send it, a lot of times you don't even get a confirmation. So you have no idea, did they get it? Did they not get it? Did it go into a black hole of space? You know, it, did it disappear? Plus, ghosting, too, is a huge thing now. That's, like, the trending oh my topic God. I see Fair. all the so, time. Exactly. So let's say you finally get an interview, right? You finally get an interview, and now, God forbid, they bring you in in person for the first interview, right? So now it's a phone interview. It's the first interview, which I get. It saves time. But in my experience, it's a little, it's a little, demi- just, just, if you like the person enough, bring them in. Bring them in to meet with them. See who they are. But it's a phone interview. For the phone interview, then you might, like, you know, Nicole said, get ghosted, that you might not hear back for weeks. But this is where it gets really crazy. So you, so let's say this happened today, right? You know, I'm on a phone interview, and hey, Jack, it's great, you know, speaking to you. Okay, we'll get back to you, right? Day go by, week go by, month go by, three months go by. That I, I swear to you, I'm not exaggeration. They exaggerate. Then September, you'll get an email. Okay, hey, we'd like you to come in and meet with Christine tomorrow at, uh, you know, 8.05. Thank you. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, I what job is this anyway? Yeah. I forgot all about it. By that time, the candidate's usually, um, I got a new job. <laughs> right. Thanks. I, or I have a new job. Or, like, I, you know, that's pretty rude, so I don't want to go back to you. Or I'm, I'm close to another job. And, and that happens no, uh, no matter what level that's happening. So it's really, it's very bad. And, and it just spiraled out of control. So that's another thing you have to look at. The whole you know, interview process lately is very cold. It's, it's inhumane. It's dehumanizing. I was going to say dehumidifier, but that, that really, it's not a dehumidifier. <laughs> no, it's, I don't think no, right? so. It's, no, that yeah, yeah. No. sucks it's, the moisture yeah, out of you. Yeah, yes, yeah, it is. Oh, exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. It sucks. A, what do you call something that sucks the life out of you? It's a de-lififier or something? That's yeah, let's is. go with that. Yeah. De-lififier. It does. It does. It saps your energy. I got to tell you, because it's so interesting, because like we're starting this startup, right? We crew which is a, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to kind of make this a shameless plug, although, you know, I really am. It's uh, <laughs> that it's a social media platform where the primary thing is if you're a job seeker, you can connect with recruiters who will be motivated to get you a job, right? And um, one of the reasons we're doing that is because rather than complaining about how bad things are, I figured, screw, you know what, let me put my money where my mouth is and my time and efforts and try to do something better. So figuring, hey, because it is so bad, and I hear it from so many people, 
And that's what really kind of spurred us to try this new thing because everybody, the same exact story. You know, you send my resume, don't hear back. Fill out applications, don't hear back. Go for an interview, don't hear back. You know, I let, you know they, they have a, a list of bullet points of 20 bullet points in the job description. Oh, sorry, you don't have all 20 of them. Sorry, next. And then you look at these job descriptions that have all these bullet points and you think, oh my God, this is a really senior level role. I'm going for it. And then, oh no, this is a junior level role. And you're like, what? And it's, 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 it's like just painful for so many people to go through it. Now, do people get hired? Absolutely. Do people get jobs? Absolutely. Do people make more money with some of the jobs? Absolutely. But that's easy. You know what I mean? When that happens, that's easy. So if you listen to podcasts and you get a job tomorrow, you're like, Jack, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Good. I'm glad you got that job. Now, that's fantastic. I'm happy for you. But that was easy. But for the other people who it's not easy, that's really what I want to make sure they're prepared for. Because I'll tell you this, it really screws with people's minds when they go through this. Because you have people who feel they, they have success in their career, they're doing well, they're looking to better themselves, and now it's like they get punched in the face over and over again. You know, they don't hear back, they have to fill out all these lengthy applications, they have to upload their resume that just says what the application says already, and, and nothing. And they feel, what happened? Am I useless? Am I not wanted anymore? You know, am I just done? And it really, you know, because people, and this is a weird thing too, that instead of communicating with other people about what they're going through in our society, it's so success driven, is that if you're doing well, you, you know, how you doing? You go, great, I'm doing awesome. I got, you know, look at this great house I have. Look at this great car I drive. Look at my beach house. But if someone's not doing great, they don't say anything. So what ends up happening for people who go through this process, they withdraw because they start feeling, what's wrong with me? Supposedly a hot market, everything is great, and I'm not getting interviews, I'm not getting feedback, my resumes aren't being acknowledged. Oh my God. So I think it's important to give you know, both sides, that yes, great things happen, great people get you know, jobs, and that's awesome, but a lot have to endure this. So I want you to be prepared if you're going through this is happening. And then also, for other people involved with the process, you know, just to shed a little light on it, like if you're a hiring manager, you know, HR person, you know, what have you, to get you know an understanding how, how unhappy and miserable candidates are. And don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming you know anybody because sometimes you can't. It's, it's just the system that's at fault. It's not the individual. It's the way things are structured. But just to understand, this is what's going on that people don't talk about it because they don't want to talk about it, because no one wants to brag. Who's going to brag to their friends? You know, you're out you know, in a social engagement with friends. Oh, hey, guess what? I applied to 20 jobs. I didn't hear back from any. No one's going to say that, you know? Oh, hey, Jack, do you want an interview? How was it? Uh, I don't know. No one got back to me. No one says that. So they just don't say anything, and they just think it's them. So, so just for those going through it, I could assure you, you're not unique. This is, this is what happens, and those people who are looking to go you know, through the interview process, just be prepared. And I, I don't mean to scare you off not to do it. I just rather, my, my whole thing is this, I'm a really optimistic guy, right? So I'm always looking at the positive, but at the same time, I try not to be, you know, ignore what issues or problems could confront you. realistic. You're realistic, realistic exactly. Yeah. To be realistic too. So I want to kind of share both spectrums, and I, maybe sometimes I dwell a little bit too much on the realism, which could be perceived sometimes as pessimism, but you're prepared. This way you know what you're getting into, and it doesn't, and, and I think if you're prepared, for that, then it doesn't throw you off your game because you're like, oh, okay, I knew this was going to happen, so I'm not going to. It's better to be real with people than to mm-hmm. sugarcoat everything. But I think overall, just you know, the main theme of all of this is to be mentally prepared, physically prepared, and just 
you know, go in with a good mindset when you're starting your job search. Know what the real world is and what is going on and don't be fooled by these articles that you see that everything's saying, oh, it's great, everything's going super fantastic and you'll get a job in two seconds because, you know, sometimes, like you said, it is easy for people and that does happen for them. But, you know, for a majority of the people, at least that we talk to and different candidates, it's difficult. It's a hard process. So just know that going in and really prep yourself for it and you'll come out okay, 100%. Um, I just wanted to know, when did you notice this paradigm shift? Did it happen slowly or overnight? Yeah, you know what? I don't know. There's like a quote, but I don't know who. See, I should have you know, known this so I could be smart. Where, you know, it happened gradually, then all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, how, like, how'd you lose your wealth gradually, then all of a sudden? It was like gradual, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. Like over the la- I would say over the last two or three years is kind of a gradual, 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 and then all of a sudden you realize, what what is going on here? <laughs> right. This just really changed dramatically. Well, there just started to be articles where they're shedding light on yeah. like these issues that are happening you know, with different candidates yeah. and the job market altogether, so it's just starting to come into light, and people are just starting now to realize, like, you know, everything's not so dandy. Well, you know, and, and that's what <laughs> happens. What I, what I see sometimes, you know, maybe when I first started, it was very freewheeling. You know, you didn't have to get contracts to, you know, work with certain companies. You could just, on a handshake, get stuff done, or even mm-hmm. a verbal agreement to just get things done. To, to now, and you could deal with the hire manager directly. It was very free flowing, and maybe that was too wide open. And now maybe it's too technology automation. You know, you know, ATS internal systems driven and less, you know, interaction. So maybe that you know maybe that pendulum will swing back somewhere else once you know as people like us are talking about it as Nicole's saying you see you know more people bringing you to life. So and hopefully that's one of the, the good parts about this podcast is that we could bring up these you know issues that we see because we're in a space where we deal with hiring managers, human resource professionals, job seekers, hiring managers every day, all day long. So we really get a good consensus of what's happening. So. You know, I hope, you know, everyone liked this. This is our first, literally our first try of doing it. So, uh, you know, judge us, you know, in that, in that way. And, and I think we'll get better and better as we go along. And if you have any questions or you have any suggestions for future ones, you know, let Nicole and Christine and myself know, and we would be glad to talk about it. Yeah, seriously, we appreciate any feedback that you guys give us, especially with um, our new site, WeCruiter, that we've been working on. We've received tons of feedback from all of our users and we really appreciate every single one of you so we hope for the same results with the podcast if you really have anything if you love us hate us want us (laughs) to talk about something specifically don't hesitate to let us know because we are all ears and we'll definitely you know adjust based on what you guys want to hear great thank you so much bye bye thanks